All right, we're going to start a new series. This is going to be one of the shortest series um, that you're ever going to hear from me. This is going to be a two-week series that's going to kind of lead us in slightly to Easter in a couple weeks. Um, and uh, but So this is going to be a two-week series, going to be short, but the name of the title of the series is Anchored. Anchored. Um, and uh, John did a great job designing our, 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 our logo, I guess, for the series, and so it looks really good, so he did a great job. Um, but we're, our text is going to be found in the next couple of weeks in Hebrews 6, 19a. And in Hebrews 6, 19, it says this, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. We're going to jump right into this. I, I was going to do this a little bit differently, and I just feel like I'm going to move something around, and I don't know if there's a pin up here, and so hopefully, I'll, there's one. I was going to say, hopefully, I can remember that I'm moving things around in my notes, but I'm going to do that real quick. And so if you can give me one quick second. Perfect. And we'll see if I still forget it. Anyway, let's jump right in here because I, I really wanted to talk about hope. I feel like it's, it's an important thing because when we really look at it, um, we all need some hope right now. We all need some hope. I have some, some statistics. I, I, when I was in high school and, and things like that, I, and, and even now, I've always liked stats and I've always liked statistics. I, I like baseball and baseball is full of stats. But the bottom line is this, the human race is not doing well right now. The human race is not doing well. And I know that some people aren't big on stats. And so I, I kind of narrowed these down to a few. But these are some of the ones that I thought were very interesting to me. It says this, antidepressants are the third most common prescription drug. Third most common, antidepressants. Next, depending on the country, okay, uh, this was a big study. And, and if, if, you're, if you're really bored this week and you want to see where all this stuff came from, I actually gave you the, um, the notes of where I found these stats. If you want to look it up and see, you, you may do so. But I kind of brought this one down because this was a big kind of a fact sheet kind of a thing. But it says, depending on the country, suicide is the first or second leading cause of death among young people. Suicide. It's first or second, depending on the country, uh, cause of death. Cause of death in young people. And the last one I put up here. In 2012, during the war in Afghanistan, we lost more of our soldiers to suicide than we did to combat. I don't know about you, and, and I don't know what world you live in. And, and look, I understand that I can kind of be bubblish. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I, I, I work as a pastor. I come to church. I, work, I come to work at a church. Um, I'm, I'm surrounded most of the time by Christian people. I tend to live in, in a kind of a Christian bubble. I don't like that, but it just kind of tends to be kind of what happens. You get what I'm saying? And, and one of the things that, that I am, I'm trying to do and trying to understand, and I try to do this lots of ways, different ways, is understanding that, man, our world is devoid of hope. Every time, every, like every time I turn on um, the, the, the internet, I'm not, I'm not on TV a lot, but when I turn on the internet, I look, I see constantly people, people have taken their lives, people have done this. The last one I saw more recently was, I think it was, and I don't remember all the details, please forgive me, but it was like the father, where at first it was, it was one of the kids who didn't die in one of the, I think even the Florida shooting. Did you hear that? This is one of the young ladies that didn't, and she had guilt because she survived. And then the other one just recently was like the father of some of the kid or of a child or something that died. And it just, there's just no hope. We, we live in a world that's devoid of hope. We live in a world in a lot of ways that just basically hope is run dry. It's gone. The thing is what we have to understand, and we're going to look at this, hope matters. Hope is important. Hope does a lot of good. But here's the thing. Here's what hope can do. 
And this is not necessarily, I'm, not, I'm talking about the spiritual aspect in a second, but right now I want to talk about physical. What hope can do? You are more likely to overcome cancer or any physical affliction with hope. Do you know that? They've actually studied this stuff. Listen, I love it when, and I've told you this before, I love it when, when we as human beings spend, well, I don't love this part of it, but we end up spending billions of dollars to prove that God knows what he's talking about. When we do this through all these studies, but you can actually overcome cancer and any physical affliction with hope. Check this out. You are more likely to survive a plane crash or other survival scenarios. One of the things I like to watch on TV, I, don't, I know this is weird, but this is me. I like to, and people are like, oh, it's fake, whatever. I like to watch Bear Grylls. You know what I'm talking about? Or Survivor Man, or whatever those things. And, and what does Bear Grylls always say? He gets out there, and he's, he's, he's in the wild. He's been eating bugs, and that's disgusting, and all this, or, or, or doing really gross things to survive. And then it's nighttime, and what does he always do? He builds a fire. Why? Why? I mean, obviously the heat, obviously to hopefully cook whatever he just, you know, killed or, or found, or whatever. But also, he was just, he was just, it's morale. The fire brings forth hope. It brings forth this understanding. Listen, if you get into a situation that, that uh, not that you will, I'm not saying that, you know, but, but for some of us that go out into the wild, you know, hope matters. It'll help us survive. Next, hope can be a determining factor in overcoming poverty. And then this was interesting. And, and this study is here. If you want to look at this, it's here. But hope literally heals structures of your brain. Literally heals areas in your brain. Literally. Which is amazing and pretty cool. So now let's go back to our, our text. Let's look at Hebrews 6, 19a. It says this. is This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And here's the bottom line. This is what we need to understand. In an untethered world, we need a hope that can anchor us. In an untethered world, we need a hope that can anchor us. And, 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 and I don't know if you've ever been on a boat or, or, or whatever. I know that when I was a kid, we would go out and my grandfather would sometimes get a little, little fishing boat and we'd go out there, little boat, little anchor, you know, but we'd have that. And I used to love to help him throw the anchor over the side of the boat because we would be putting out trout lines or something like that in the lake. And so we'd stop and we'd, we'd throw the anchor in and it would down it would go. And I always felt like no matter what happened, no matter how big the wind would go, as long as that anchor was attached to that boat, you know, maybe we could move a little bit, but we would stay anchored to that place. And the thing is, we as people, we need an anchor. And, and we, are, we are living in times that are totally crazy and totally untethered. And totally, there, there's, there's the wind and the waves and they're blowing and stuff like that. And, and we need something that will anchor us to something that is stronger than we are. We need something that basically goes down, holds us close, it is strong and trustworthy. Because we desperately need that in our world today. Because the world we live in is so devoted or so, so devoid of any of this hope and any of this situation in us. So let's start here. Let's start here. So what is hope? As we look at this, what is hope? How can we define it for this study and this time? And so let's start with 1 Corinthians 13. In 1 Corinthians 13, we see this. Now, I don't know about you, but, but this is obviously the love chapter, and this is how Paul is kind of closing some of this area up, and this is what he says. Three things will last forever, faith, 
hope, and love. Now, if you've ever been to Hobby Lobby, or if you've ever been a place like that, you know, you're going to see on the side, faith, hope, and love. You're going to see, driving down the road, you're going to see a car with a bumper sticker, faith, hope, and love. And here's the thing. For me, I don't know if you're like this, but I tend to somehow skip hope. Yeah, I get faith, and I'll focus in on faith, and obviously love. We just had the love chapter. We know how important that is. But, but sometimes I forget how important hope is. Now listen to what God has said here through his, his servant Paul. He said, three things will last forever. Never going to end. These are powerful forces that God is going to use throughout not just today, but all eternity. These are things that are going to continue and they're going to grow and they're going to be better. And he says, hope, hope, hope. Why, why do we see this? Why, why do we understand these? Now, we're going to start, we're going to look at each of these just very briefly. But I want to look at this and, and help us understand. Number one, faith is something that looks backwards, okay? Faith is something that looks backwards. Now, you know, now, follow me here for a second. Faith is something that takes place that, that basically we look back to. And that builds our strength, okay? So this is a good thing. So say we're in a situation where, where maybe we're, we're, we're having trouble financially or something like that. And we think back to the time where we were also in financial trouble. And God came through and God was faithful and God was good and God took care of us. So we think back to that time. We think back and we let that build our faith inside of us. Okay, so faith, faith looks backwards, okay? Faith looks backwards and helps us as we do that. Now, love is something a little bit different. Love is exercised in the present moment. We love in the now, okay? Love is something to really be love. It's not something that we do in the past or in the, even in the future. It's something that we focus in on today. I love you today. I focus on you today. It's an exercise of today of presence, okay? So faith is backwards, Okay, love is today. So obviously for all of you that are really smart, you know where this is going. Basically, hope looks forward to what is coming. Hope is something that we look forward to, something that we're hoping in or hoping it takes place. Let me give you a little simple idea. Now, this is not the kind of anchoring hope that we're going to be talking about or focusing in today, but it's some way to help us understand. Let me help you with this. I hope that after service, they don't run out of food at the, at the restaurant. That was really bad. Sometimes I don't write things down, and that was one of those moments where I maybe I should have had a better example written down. But you get what I'm saying. I hope, oh, here's a good one. I hope that the Royals win today. Now, that is a, not a, that, that's probably going to happen. So, but I couldn't say Rockies because I'm not a Rockies fan. But yeah, for all of you that are Rockies fans, you hope the Rockies win today. You hope that you're, the, the Avs, uh, the Avalanche wins today. I don't think they play today, do they? Well, they, they, made, they made the playoffs, didn't they? Okay. See? God knows. You know, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. I hope the Avs... Now, I hope for John Gardner's sake and everybody else that's an Avs fan, I hope the Avs win in the playoffs. But we don't know that because it hasn't happened yet. Listen, you don't hope for what you already have. Does that make sense? Nobody comes to me and with a car that they like, they're happy with. Nobody comes to me and says, boy, I really hope I get a car. You already got a car. You already got a car. Look at Romans 8. In Romans 8, Paul kind of gives us this, this understanding here. He says this, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, 
We wait for it patiently. So hope, the hope that we're looking for here is not things necessarily that we have in the present moment. It's things that we're going to have. It's things that God is going to promise us, and God has promised us, that we let be an anchor of our soul. And this is what we're going to look at. This is, this is our definition of hope for this series. This is this, this. This is important. You check this out. Hope is the confident expectation of goodness coming to us. It is the confident expectation of goodness coming to us. Now, this is where I move things around a little bit, just so you know, so I didn't forget, so you don't have to ask me after service. Hey, did you forget? And I can say, no, I got it. But most of you know this. Most of you are very aware of this. But I want to kind of give you a better idea of, of, of something, because as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized, um, you know, you got to learn yourself a little bit more. But uh, one of the things that, I've ner- uh, that you know about me if you uh, have spent any time with me whatsoever, is that I kind of am a slightly big fan of, of the Christmas season. Okay? Um, now, now, some of you think that's weird. Um, I pray for you daily. Um, but, but Christmas is, is something that, you know, you know, somebody asked me once, you know, how, how soon should you put up your Christmas decorations? And, and honestly, the hardest thing for me is taking them down. You know, if I could have them up all year, I probably would because I'm one of those weirdos. But I like Christmas a lot. And, and one of the things, you know, we talk about Christmas and you talk about the music, you talk about the food and the family, and, and, and obviously most important is Jesus and all of this. But, 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 but I kind of started thinking a couple years ago, like, why, why is Christmas so important to me? Why do I like it so much? Because I like other times of the year. I like the food that comes along with other times of the year. I like, I like the music. I, I, there's, there's, you know, what, what makes this so important? And, why, why, and, and the reason why I really was looking at this was I would kind of get depressed in January. I'd kind of get sad in January. Like, it was like Christmas is over. I mean, I've, you've probably heard me say this. If you haven't, you're going to hear it now. I've always said the saddest day of the year is December 26th because it is the farthest away from Christmas that I'm going to be. I think, yeah, thank you for laughing at me. No, I'm you know, I mean, that's, that's just me. Why? Why would I get depressed? Why would I get sad? Um, you know what's interesting about Christmas is, is Christmas... In a lot of ways, spiritually and in other areas, it really is a hope thing for me. It's a hope thing where I look at it and I go, you know what? I am hoping that something good is coming towards me. And, and, and it's not just, you know, and, and like I'm human, I like stuff too. But, but, but the hope of giving, the hope of spending time with family and friends the hope of making memories, the hope of being together, the hope of of coming together as family and friends and celebrating Jesus, the hope of putting up the tree and and doing all the things that that come with it, the hope of watching my son uh, loving Christmas and all those things. It's it's a hope thing for me. It's it's knowing something good is coming. It's knowing that, that, that one day, very soon... I am, check this out. This is important you catch this, okay? I know it's about Christmas, and I know some of you have gone, okay, it's, it's, it's April, dummy. You know, I'm not going to talk about Christmas till you know, November. But just go with me. There is something special about the thought that one day soon, I am going to wake up to something amazing in my house. Okay? I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to go and wake up my son and my wife, and we're going to go down and we're going to enjoy something so special 
so amazing, so, so life-bringing in my home. That's what hope is. It's this, this confident, now you, I use these words on purpose, confident, confident. There isn't this thought of, well, it could or, or it might, it will, it will come. There's an expectation of that. It's not this that it will, it's that I am expecting this, I am confident it's coming, I'm expecting it. And that hope, that type of hope is what can anchor us in the most unbelievable of storms. That type of hope is what we're talking about. It's not that I hope, I hope they don't run out of tacos, or I hope my team wins, or I hope my son does this, or I hope I can get this new job. This is deeper. This is things that anchor us when storms of life hit that we can hold on to, and it's something that, that we can hold in, in a way that we can never let go of, and when we don't let go of it, it is a firm, steadfast thing. That's the type of hope that we need. The problem is, is we as human beings know we need hope. We know we have to have hope. The problem is, is we have put our hope in things that are not sustaining. We put our hope in things that we think is going to fill that void that we need. And when we put our hope in it, we get disappointed and disillusioned and bitter because they're not things that anchor us. Remember I was telling you about the little boat my grandfather would sometimes take when you do trout lines? That anchor, maybe about that big. You know what I'm saying? Maybe weighed 20 pounds. I don't know. Now, you take that. It's still an anchor. You take that anchor and you put it on one of those cruise line ships. Guess what? That's not going to do anything for you. That's not going to stop that boat. In any way, shape, or form. Now, I've never been on a cruise, but I've seen pictures of those, those huge ships. I cannot imagine the literal size of those anchors. Big ship, got to have a big anchor. The problem is, folks, is that in our spiritual walk with God, a lot of times we grab ourselves, well, I know I need this. I need hope. Okay, well, let's see. I know I, know I got this hope over here in, in, in Christ. I know I got this hope over here in, in these promises. I know I got this, and that's the size that I need. But you know what? This one that fits on the table, I'm going to grab that and throw it in the water and say it's going to stop me. And then when it doesn't, we get upset. We get frustrated. We, we look at it and we go, well, God, you, check this out. God, you aren't good and you haven't been faithful. Folks, we're putting our hope in the wrong things. And we have to understand that. So here's what we're going to do. Over the next couple of weeks, I have a couple today and then we're going to do a couple more next week. I have some things that I feel like we can put our hope in that are going to be the right type of anchors. Now, listen to me and hear me, okay? This is a two-week series, okay? We will get to Jesus, okay? Because obviously that is our hope, okay? But I didn't want to just say, it would have been a really short message if I said our hope is in Jesus and then sat down. Some of you would have enjoyed that, but we're going to talk about some other things that can also. We'll hit Jesus next week, okay? So I just wanted you to know that, okay? But let's look at this. Number one, the hope of a new heaven and a new earth. Look at Isaiah. I want to have an, an Old Testament and a New Testament. Isaiah 65. This is what it says. In Isaiah 65, it says this. It says, See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people 
a joy. And now in verse 19, I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard no more. Let's look at this jump now to Revelations, where you probably thought I'd go in the first place. But Revelations 21, verses 1 through 3, it says this. Paul, or excuse me, John writes this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among his people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Listen to me and hear me on this. I am so excited and I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're not, I hope by the end of this, you are. I am so excited about what God is going to do to this place and to this earth and to this heaven. I love the fact, listen, we've talked about this briefly before. God does not say in his word, I am going to destroy heaven and earth. He says, I am not going to do that. I am going to recreate, he says. He's basically, I'm going to restore heaven and earth. He is going to take those things and make them unbelievable. I, I like to read about, even though we have a very short amount of, uh, in Scripture, I like to read about uh, the Garden of Eden and what it was like and how people experienced, how Adam and Eve experienced God and all that. Now, I am excited about what's going to take place after all this stuff is over. And sometimes when I'm going through a bad moment or a bad day or a bad year or whatever. Sometimes I come on to that, that thing. I said, you know what, Jesus? One day you're going to make it all new. We're going to talk about that in a second. One day you're going to make it all better. You're going to fix it all. You're going to restore it all. All the stuff that has been ruined and destroyed by my sin and other people's sin, it's going to be all restored back. And it's all going to be there. Oh. Oh. Wow. Listen, for me, knowing that's coming helps me get through hard days. It helps me to get through those moments that can be so difficult to know that God is going to make a new heaven and a new earth and it's going to be unbelievable. I, I, I thought about this as I was putting it together last week. I was like, man, I could literally spend, I mean, we could just, for the next, all summer, we could just talk about the new heaven and the new earth. Maybe we, I don't, maybe we will. I don't think so. But, oh, listen. Listen, you need to understand something. I, I remember at a time where I heard somebody saying, and, and it seemed like really made good sense to me, and, and, and then I kind of began to study a little bit more, and I, I understand where it was coming from, but I don't know if it's necessarily true anymore. And, and it was this idea of, of those, you know, that are so, so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Have you heard that phrase? I don't know if that's true. I'm not saying that we should be so heavenly minded that we're totally oblivious to what's going on on this rock. But I think at times, understanding what's coming, understanding the hope we have, changes us and helps us be more effective in this place. Listen, when you understand what this is going to be like, when you understand how awesome it's going to be to be in God's presence, I love in Revelation where it says, we will be with God, he will be our, our God, and, and we will be his people, and the beautiful intimacy that that's bringing forth. Listen, that makes me want to have people come with me. That doesn't make me go, you know what? Us four and no more. No. 
That makes me go, listen, I want my family, I want my friends, I want my co-workers, I want my enemies, I want anybody. Just come with me because God has something good for us. Something good is coming. And I want people to come with me and experience it too. It's not like we have this situation where God has so much and so, you know, just, just enough. And so you, you, don't, you don't want to get yours. Listen, I came from a big family. There were six of us. Now, I know that may not seem like a big family, but it was a big family to us. And when the food hit the table, listen, it was, it was, there was a limited supply. You didn't wait around, especially as we got older. Listen, listen, we don't have to be afraid of that with God. There will always be more. We can always have people be a part of what God is doing and what God is wanting to do in them. Listen, I'm not saying we're so heavenly minded that we're so oblivious to the world around us. That's not what Jesus did. That's not what we should do. But there should be this understanding that something good is coming and we want people to come and be a part of it with us. Listen, hear me on this. Hear my heart on this because you could take it a wrong way and you need to not do that, please. Okay? Hear me. But I have, I have a question for you. I have a thought. If there are people in your life, now there's a right way and a wrong way to do this, okay? I don't have time to get into the minutiae of this, but please hear me. If there are people in your life that you know don't know Jesus, okay, hear me, and you are not sharing with them these hopes that we have, I don't know if you really understand the hope that we have how big it is. And, and look, here, here's the deal. Okay, when I say something like this, you, you, you all get real quiet, and that's fine. But you need to understand something. I do this too. There's times when I forget. There's times where I don't remember this hope. I start to get uh, very movable and very, I, I let go of this anchor. And I mean, this is going to be amazing. Listen, when, you, when things aren't going well, when you're dealing with the, the storms of life, don't be afraid to grab a hold of this anchor. Don't be afraid to grab a hold of it and say, listen, 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 this life is but a vapor. It is here today and gone tomorrow. But this is eternity. This is forever. The pain and the hurt one day will be gone. And that brings us perfectly into the last point that we're going to be talking about, and it's this. The hope of the old gone and all things being made new. Look at Revelations 21. We're going to continue now in verse 4 and 5. It says this. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Oops. It's okay. And there will be no more crying, or there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Can we just stop for just a second? Look, I know you've heard this before, but do you really understand it? Because I don't know if I really do. Every tear, no more death. You know what that means to me? There'll be no more goodbyes. I hate goodbyes. I hate the... I hate when my wife goes to work and I go to work. I hate those goodbyes. I hate when my son goes to school and I'm still here. I hate when I have family or friends that come to visit and they say goodbye. I hate when I visit and hang out with you guys and it's time to say goodbye. And I hate with a deep, holy hatred 
when I have to say goodbye to somebody in a coffin. We will never have to say goodbye again. We will never have to say goodbye again. Because it'll be gone. All these things are not just gone for a moment, not just gone for a second. They will be gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And just so that we understand it, just so that we don't have a moment where we go, well, I wonder what Jesus really meant in this moment. He says, and then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. All the stuff, all the hurt, all the pain, all the shame, all the disappointment, all the the things that have happened, all of it's going to be gone forever. No more goodbyes. No more sickness ravaging our bodies. No more, no more caskets. No more parents walking into my office and saying when they were so excited three weeks ago because they told me they were pregnant. And please understand this did not happen here, but come to me and say, oh, we're so excited. And then three weeks later, come to me broken because their child has gone home. Before they were even born. No more of that. Listen, I have a father who's been diabetic since he was 18 years old. And I've watched him slowly over the years deteriorate where this disease has taken over his body. You know how excited I am to see my father where he doesn't have to check his blood sugar anymore. Do you know what that does in my heart when I think one day all the pain, all the sickness, all the shame, it's going to be eradicated forever. And this life is but a vapor anyway, right? It's gone forever. All the old, all the sin is gone forever. All the separation and everything that that brings about, God wipes it away and says, behold, all things are new. Listen, listen, I know sometimes it's hard. I know sometimes I fail in this too, but you know what? I can get through this vapor knowing what's coming. I can grab a hold of that hope and it can be a strong anchor to me knowing that no matter what I deal with, no matter what I have, one day my God is going to wipe it all away. Everything's going to be made new and everything's going to be good and it's going to be an amazing thing. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. You know, I don't know this is true, but I wonder. You know, we're going to be in the new heaven and the new earth. What if, check this out, hear me here. What if we never actually, you know, God, God has so many amazing things that I don't know exactly how things are going to play out. The Bible doesn't explain all this. And one of the things I've always wondered is, how are we going to communicate? Are we all going to speak the same language? Are we just all going to understand? You know, we have a Chinese church that meets here, okay, uh, after us. There's this, this guy, he is my friend. And he's an older gentleman, and he speaks absolutely zero English. And I speak, I, I think they speak Mandarin. Is that right? Maybe. Anyway, I can't speak of whatever he speaks. Okay? And he comes, and they come sometimes on Tuesdays, and they have a Bible study, and he comes, and he will come past my office. And if I'm in my office, he won't, he can't, we, we, we tried this before. It's failed miserably. You know, we've done that, trying to do hand signals, and, and, and we've just given up. 
we've, we've actually kind of spoken to each other with, with, with a guy named Daniel who translated, and it was a really cool moment. But, but we, we, Daniel wasn't there. Daniel's not there. And so he'll come in. Can't say a word. And we just hug. We just hug. And there's been times where he's broke and just begin to weep. And there's been times when I've broke and I've just begun to weep. And, but and it's, just, it's, it's good, but it's frustrating. Because I want I to, to, to talk to him. And I, wanna, I don't know how that's all going to play out. I don't know if we'll just know we're going to speak our own language and just everybody will understand. I don't know if there'll be a universal language. I don't know. I'm sure there's studies on this and you can look at it if you're interested. I'm not quite sure. But one of the things... That I wonder, whatever language we speak, whatever, whatever idea we, we communicate here in that way, I wonder if the word, there is not a word for goodbye. I hope that's what it is. I hope there's not a word for goodbye. I hope that doesn't even register in our glorified minds that that's even possible or a thought. It's literally, see you soon. It's literally, see you in a minute. It's literally no more goodbyes. I am so sick and I am so tired of goodbyes. I'm so done with goodbyes. And knowing that one day there will be no more goodbyes. Knowing that, that when I stood in front of my... I'm going to give you a real intimate view here, okay? And I've talked about this before. I've never shared this that I know of. Sometimes I forget things. When my grandfather passed away, we were in the beautiful chapel. We were at the um, National Cemetery where he was buried. And they had the, he was in the Navy in World War II, and they had the, the gun salute. If, if you want, I can show you. I kept one of the casings from, from that, and it was special and moving and, and very, very neat. And uh, I waited just to, everybody, everybody gone out, and it was just me and Grandpa. Well, let me phrase that. It was me and Grandpa's body, because he wasn't there. And I came up to that, and it was shut. And I, listen, don't, don't, listen, just, just hear the story. Don't, let's not get into theology at this moment, okay? Because I know he wasn't there. But I did not tell my grandfather goodbye. I literally said, Grandpa, I will see you soon. Because I will. I will. And that through that grieving process, which is good and natural, that in the moment sometimes where I miss him and miss others so deeply, those are anchors, folks. Those are promises that Jesus said, hey, listen, listen, this life is not the end. These sicknesses will not have the last word. Oh, death, where is your Where is your sting? Why? Because of these promises, because of these anchors. Grab hold of them because they change everything. Worship team, would you come on up? Next week, we're going to talk about some other ones. We're going to talk about some things that can anchor us again. Because here's the beauty about this. Yeah, this is going to be a two-week message, and yeah, this is going to be a quick message kind of series, but you know what? This could go on for all summer. And it's April. There are so many things that God uses to anchor us to Him.
Because here's the thing, all of these things, and we're going to talk about Jesus next week, okay? But all of these things are connected to not what we do, but what he does, okay? Without him, there is no new heaven and new earth. Without him, the old remains, and there are new things new. We can't do this without him. We need him, and we need to understand that. So can we do something a little different, John, as, you just, as you're ready and you begin to play? Let's do this. Can we close our eyes and just focus for a second? You know, the reason we do this is just so we can focus. Because things are happening on the stage and all that jazz. So let's, let's focus here. One of the reasons I really feel that God has been, had put this on my heart for this moment and this time was because of kind of two reasons. One, this world is... Is, a, is, is an unstable place. Everything, it seems like, in the last 20 or so years that we have found stability in has crumbled and is crumbling at a rapid rate. And, and so we've got to find some hope. You look at our world, and look, here's the thing, guys. The, the things I mentioned before, okay, the things that showed... These are not things that aren't happening in the church. Marriages are, are, are breaking up and divorces are happening in some ways more in the church than, than is happening in other areas. We, we, and listen, you go, well, what's that got to do with it? Listen, when you, when you lose hope, why fight? When you lose hope for a, a person or a place, why fight? Why do the necessary thing? to bring forth something good. And so there has been this problem where, where we need some hope. We need to, as individuals, grab a hold of the hope that our Christ has given us. We need to, we need to grab a hold of it and not let go. And look, you know, you... you you know, we've been, and listen, we've been singing songs this morning about his goodness and his faithfulness. And he is. And sometimes it seems like in my life the only thing I got to hold on to is stuff later on. But that's enough because of the magnitude of what he's got coming. I can have faith that God's going to take care of us. I can love that he loves us. But my hope is for what is coming. And what is coming, hear me, what is coming is good. And some of us need to grab a hold of that hope again. Some of us need to grab a hold of that hope again over these next couple weeks. Because we're living in a typhoon world. We're living in a storm world. And second, it's for those that, that know and, and are very clear that they're in a typhoon, but they have grabbed a hold of things that are not good enough anchors. Okay? And they listen, they seem good. They seem like they're going to help. But I promise you, I promise you, they are not going to sustain you. You're filling that hope vacuum in your heart with something that was never intended to do it. It's not that the things you're doing are bad. It's just they're not what you put our hope. We don't put put our hope in those things. 
We don't put our hope, listen, listen, hear me here. We don't put our hope in a sports team. We don't put our hope in a hobby or an activity. We don't put our hope, check this out, we don't put our hope in our kids and their achievement. We put our hope in Jesus. We put our hope in what he can do. Because all the things we're going to talk about, they're all things that he does. We don't do them. We can't do them. And so we got to run to him and go, you know what, Jesus? I can't. I, I, I got to have hope. It's one of those things that's going to last forever. It's vital to our survival as human beings. And our God, in his loving kindness, has expressed and showed us through his word in multiple ways, in multiple times, those things that can anchor us. And then it's up to us. We have to choose. What are we going to grab a hold of? What are we going to, are we going to run to our God who is our strong tower, who is safe? Are we going to grab a hold of, of a person or an activity or a job or a car? Or that other shiny object that we think is going to make it all better. Listen, it will maybe for a few minutes. It may be for a bit. But then it'll be what's next. You see, the things that we talked about today, the things that we're going to talk about next week, these are things that I can take to the bank because these are things that my God has promised. And he never changes. He's always the same yesterday, today, and forever. And one day, I don't know when, but one day, everything's going to be restored. Everything's going to be made new. All the old is gone. All the new. I can hold on to that knowing that is true. It is yes and amen. It is a trustworthy saying that can anchor me to him. So where are you at? Which one? Are you at one of those places where you just... You know, maybe you're, maybe you're, you're, you're grabbing a hold of the wrong anchor. And today you want to say, you know what, Jesus? I, I, need to, I need to grab the right one. I need to grab a hold of you and all the promises that you bring forth. Where are you? What's really going on? Okay? Because this is the day of salvation. This is the day of hope. This is the day where, where God can come in us and make all things new. So I want to pray with you and over you. And this is not, in case you didn't know, this is not the time for you to sit silently and wait for lunch. This is an opportunity for you to reach out to God who is reaching out to you and offering what you need. And you get to decide to take it or not. So Father, we come to you right now and Father, you are offering hope. We need hope. We don't need little hope. We don't need semi-hope. We don't need hope of stuff. We need the hope that comes from you. We need the hope that comes from knowing you and experiencing you and knowing that we can live a life of expectation, confident expectation that goodness is coming to us, not because of how good we are, but because of how good you are. And you are so, so good. And so, Father, no matter where we're at, today, 
this week, next week. Father, it is time that we grab a hold of the hope that our souls need. And it's always found in you. And yeah, we can focus on things that you're going to do and that's fun and important and that's specific and that's cool. But the bottom line is it all goes back to you. So today, first and foremost, we grab you. We hold on to you and your salvation and your hope. And then we begin to grab on to the extra promises. All things new. No more death. No more crying. No more goodbyes. A new heaven and a new earth and all its beauty and splendor. Oh God, you say in your word, mind is not not entered in the mind of man. All that you have prepared for those that love you. We can't even dream it up. It's so amazing. It's so good. Let that anchor us as we grab a hold of you. We love you. We thank you.